Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. We're uh, talking NFL and we have been for uh, quite a few times in the last couple of weeks because we're at the very business end of the season and Super Bowl now is just under a fortnight away and uh, the two teams have now been found that will contest Super Bowl number 56 at the SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California uh, coming up. What a, a great day of sport that is and it rates so highly all around the world to talk to us uh, about it. I'm sure a man who will have both eyes on it very much transfixed is uh, Jared Cronin, our correspondent uh, from across the Tasman. Uh, and Jared, man, uh, it's been uh, a fortnight of incredible results, and most of them have been upsets. Absolutely, it's certainly been a uh, a multi bets nightmare for uh, trying to pick any sort of results. But uh, so compelling, all the games have, have really come down to the wire and a lot of buzzer beater finishes, a lot of upsets and yeah, just so much drama. I feel like this, this playoff series has just been an absolute blast. Well, yesterday was um, no exception to that. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid and, and the Kansas City Chiefs, I think were pretty much everyone's favourites when it got down to the last four. But in the end, they couldn't hold their nerve and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor strategized how to beat them, and they certainly did. Absolutely, and they looked as though they were about to get a, a bit of a hiding uh, in that first half. They trailed 21-3 to three and uh, and were really looking as though they were probably going to you know, maybe freeze in the big moment. But no, no, Joe Burrow was having none of that. And also, I, I think a huge amount of credit goes to the Cincinnati defense in this game because they really did show up despite giving up the early lead from that point onwards. They made some big plays which really turned the momentum of the game. And you could just see in the second half that it just changed the whole the whole dynamic really changed. They were making enough plays on offense, which was fine. But on defense, they had Patrick Mahomes just really second-guessing himself. He looked really in doubt as to what he was trying to do with the football, which was obviously completely un-Mahomes-like, as we'd seen the previous week. So a lot of credit to them, especially their secondary, for blanketing the receivers and just making life... Mm really difficult for him, but um, yeah, I think that Cincinnati Bengals' defense is a a sneaky good um, unit. Well, I I saw those uh, final plays, uh, Jared, and I I thought to myself, uh, I mean, here's a guy that um, he he hit uh, the NFL, uh, he hit the ground running, and because he could make miracle plays, and people are astounded when I'm talking about Mahomes like this, what he would come up with when he was under pressure. Now, yesterday, he, at certain stages late in the game, was running around uh, like a chook with its head cut off with absolutely no idea what to do. Mm. Yeah, it was it was an interesting one because they had invested in the off-season trying to upgrade their offensive line after last year's Super Bowl disaster. And uh, to be honest, it actually looked a lot like, as you mentioned, it looked like Patrick Mahomes was in that sort of mode again. He was running around backwards. He was trying to spin around and make things happen and just losing yards on yards in, at, the end, at the end of the game. So uh, it was, yeah, I, I think it's probably a, um, we'll call it a blip for him. Obviously, he's done some amazing things. And 
even in the first half, those touchdowns that he threw up were, you know, if any other quarterback was able to do that in the game, you'd be pretty happy. But, you know, this is Mahomes. He's, he's held to a higher standard. And, he, he, yeah, he really didn't meet the standard. I feel like once he was heading down in that fourth quarter, trailing by three points, a lot of people probably expected him to go and, you know, win the game with a touchdown as he's normally done. Um, but, yeah, I, something was just not quite clicking there. Something was not quite right. Whether it's to do with him as a, a player or the overall unit, something just was not in sync there uh, as they headed mm-hmm. down the stretch yesterday. Well, both games finished in three-point margins, and the second one uh, was an absolute thriller as well. Uh, the LA Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, we're looking at Stafford v. Garoppolo here. Uh, and in the end, the 49ers uh, were just uh, guilty of, of giving up an advantage. It uh, was um, another very good spectacle. And uh, Stafford, and uh, I, I was a little bit worried about uh, the Rams, actually. I don't think uh, Sean McVay had his finger on the pulse for much of yesterday. Uh, but Stafford's had a great season. Absolutely. It's been, a, I guess, a Cinderella story, hasn't it, for Matthew Stafford, getting traded away from the Detroit Lions, who are well done the picking order in the NFL, and going to the LA Rams, who are in a basically win-now mode, trying to get a championship. So wonderful to see you know, the emotion on his face. Even they showed in the crowd as his wife was overjoyed uh, for all of the work that they've put in over the last 12, 13 years in the NFL to finally get somewhere and actually succeed is a, is a wonderful story indeed. But it was a funny game, as you mentioned. And uh, the 49ers did sort of press ahead and started to look as though they could have, you know, taken the game away from the, the Rams in that third quarter. But uh, credit to the Rams, they they really just shut things down, especially on the running side of things. They, they managed to hold San Francisco and their vaunted running game, which made things tough. And then as we sort of got to the pointy end of the match, they just managed to put enough pressure on Jimmy G, who's normally a bit more, you know, a little bit more calm in those situations. But it just wasn't to be yesterday and and the Rams got home and, uh, you know, and and heading home for the Super Bowl. Well, Mark, uh, Matthew Stafford was uh, simply outstanding under pressure, but uh, he had to find, because he was down on tight ends yesterday, he had to find uh, a receiver consistently. And uh, some of the routes that Cooper Cup ran yesterday uh, I won't say it made his job easier, but he gave him a very clear option. It was amazing, really, to me that the 49ers could not shut this guy down. Oh, he is he is absolutely amazing, Cooper Cup. And he's going to be, a, obviously, a key player to try and shut down when it comes to Super Bowl time because the 49ers just couldn't do it. They were unable to keep up in terms of their scheming and personnel. They were just unable to stop what he was able to do. And to be honest, he, he nearly, very nearly had another long touchdown pass, which... He uncharacteristically mm. dropped, which was very uncooper Cup like. But you know, I guess he still had a pretty good day in, in the sense he got a couple of touchdowns and uh, and helped his team uh, get the win in those crucial moments, getting those crucial plays. Because as you say, without Tyler Higby there at the tight end position, all of a sudden um, Stafford had to kind of just look a little bit wider and see who he could really trust. And in those big moments, it clearly was Cooper Cup. Quarterback movements uh, are always uh, top on the agenda. Um, Garoppolo, it seems, might have played his last game for the 49ers. Yeah, it's very much a uh, we'll wait and see uh, type of comment from the uh, the Jimmy G camp, uh, which is you know fairly indicative of possibly heading somewhere else or, or probably heading somewhere else. Of course, they picked up a quarterback uh, in the early in the first round of the draft this year in Trey Lance. Now, while he wasn't quite ready to go to 
you know actually play in the um, the playoffs uh, due to injury and you know just experience. They are very much looking to try and bring him in and, and make him their guy very early to tell as to what you know what he can actually do. But um, that's their guy. They've picked him and they're, they're going to back that horse. I would say from next season onwards. In terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, he basically exits the uh, the Forty ers camp with a seventy percent win rate which is fairly astounding um, in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, obviously he wasn't able to take them to the you know the heights that they really want to get to. A couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, he had a you know, notorious overthrow, which uh, cost them the game. Uh, well, you know, it led to uh, them losing the game anyway, and the media got all over him. And then, of course, yesterday, unable to make the big plays in the big moments. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see where Jimmy goes to. Uh, you like to think a team with maybe a bit of a, um, a a circus going on at the quarterback position would be a good spot for him to just go and solidify things. Maybe someone like a Washington football team, just throwing a, an idea out there. But uh, a team like that would probably seem like a good fit for Jimmy. Uh, Jared, uh, Tom Brady update time. What's the latest? Are you are you hearing or suspecting? Is he done? Is he? teasing us uh, what's happening <laughs> yeah it's been a uh, a bit of a, a yes no waiting sort of um, deal with Tom um, we were bombarded with reports on Sunday of you know his retirement he's decided to call it quits and of course all Twitter lit up like a Christmas tree with players and and uh, journalists getting in on the act and just saying what a wonderful career and congratulating Tom and um, and all of that. But uh, the, the official comment that's actually come out of the Tom Brady camp is like he hasn't actually uh, completely made his decision yet. So when he does, he will mm. uh, let everyone know. So uh, I guess the, uh, the, the the corks have been put back on the champagne bottles and um, and put back on ice until uh, another, another date. But, um, yeah, very interesting to see how that goes because I was quite surprised um, that he did decide to, to call it a day. Um, more in the sense of, the manner in which he went out, because I just didn't feel like that was a Tom Brady type situation to to finish on. But obviously, you know, family matters a lot, and he's dedicated, you know, at least well, over half of his life to playing in the NFL. So, um, so I guess a lot of things are going on there um, down in Tampa Bay. So, you know, if he does manage to call it quits and decide that he's had enough, then all of a sudden you've got a very interesting situation in the NFC South because. He'll be gone as quarterback of the Bucks, and of course, Sean Payton has exited as New Orleans Saints coach. So, uh, all of a sudden, that division becomes far more wide open than it has been for the past couple of seasons. So it is uh, for the AFC: the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow against the the NFC's LA Rams and uh, Matthew Stafford. Now, on this side of the Tasman, the early market framed here, Jared, as uh, the Rams are fairly warm favourites, are a buck forty-eight. Uh, the Bengals are $2.50. Is that how you read it this far out? Look, I think that's probably probably fair, I think. Um, and I don't think that's actually a slight on Cincinnati or will bother them because they've gone through this whole process as massive underdogs and they don't see themselves as underdogs, but they're happy for everyone else to you know view them that way. Um, so I, I think that's probably a fair market with the Rams as warm favourites. Um, albeit that, funnily enough, as we get to the Super Bowl being held in LA, uh, the home ground mm. of the Rams, uh, they're actually uh, classed as the away team, which is uh, a little kink in the um, the NFL sort of setup. So, technically, uh, Cincinnati of, uh, are the home team in the Super Bowl uh, this time round. Although the the crowd may you know may lead you to think otherwise. So, 
Um, yeah, I think that's probably fair odds for the game as we as we look at it at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be writing off these Bengals at all, and and I don't think anyone really should because they are a sneaky, sneaky little team, and they will they've just shown in this playoffs that they can you know really creep up on you and, and cause a surprise. Well, I agree, totally agree, and uh, the trend of the last two to three weeks at playoff time. Uh, has been very much for uh, an underdog team. Uh, if they didn't get there, they've put serious pressure on the favourites anyway. You're 70,000 people, uh, just over 70,000 is the capacity. Um, and this, the, how far out do they decide venues for Super Bowls? Because, I mean, this is just an out-and-out out fluke, really, isn't it, that the Rams are at home? That's right, and it's been two flukes in a row because uh, obviously last year with Tampa Bay uh, playing the for the first time playing a home ground uh, Super Bowl, so it's happened two years in a row just by complete chance. They do pick the um, the Super Bowl venue um, ahead of time, like a season ahead of of, uh, of the event itself, just enough time for cities to plan and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, it is a, a, a I guess lightning has really struck twice. Obviously, it never happened before, and now it's happened twice in two years. So. Yeah, I, I think possibly aided by the fact that SoFi Stadium is so brand new, only opened uh, last year, and and you know that that helped things because it's shiny and new and a, a wonderful advertisement for the game. So um, yeah, I, I'd be interested to see how this plays out and and really just what sort of crowd they get there. I'd like to think it would be a heavily uh, LA you know favoured sort of crowd, but as we saw yesterday, there was a real. Um, you know, it was pretty even bets between 49ers fans and also the Rams. Very interesting indeed. Uh, I think it's a it's a season which has sparked a lot of interest and I think a lot of uh, people that didn't pay a lot of attention to uh, NFL um, and uh, the Super Bowl are actually, it's grabbed them for some reason. Uh, anyway, it certainly has on this side of the Tasman, I can promise you that. Hey, and Jared, uh, you're one of the reasons why, because of your knowledge. So thank you very much uh, for your input. Uh, hopefully uh, we might be able to catch up with you uh, just prior to or just after Super Bowl 56. Really looking forward to it. Uh, and it's, what, only 13 sleeps away for you footy fans. Absolutely. It's been a real honour uh, talking NFL football this year and just so happens that the uh, the Super Bowl falls on Valentine's Day this year soon. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me, uh, although I'm long past that stuff. Uh, at 11.17, Jared, thank you again.